Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me today is Jordan Blackwell. We're here at the King Power Stadium. Claude Perel has just held his pre-match press conference ahead of the trip to the long trip to Newcastle uh, on Saturday. Um, we'll start with the team news, Geordie. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, let's start with uh, beer52.com. I <laughs> mustn't forget that. If you want to uh, try eight beers from around the world, completely free, all you got to do is pay the postage and packing. Go along to beer52.com, register using the tagline Leicester. Now, Geordie, team news, and there wasn't much, was there? No, no, same as it's been for the past few weeks. There's no new injuries, uh, thankfully. And uh, it's just uh, Matty James and Robert Huth still unavailable and still no time scale on, on yeah. their return. We don't know how long that's going to be, but it looks like that, you know, it's going to be a, a, quite a while before those two are going to be back. And I certainly don't don't think they'll be thrown in during this busy uh, festive period. Now, the big, probably the big talking point of the press conference was he was asked about strikers. Now he's got, <coughs> excuse me, he's got six strikers. Uh, and, and at the moment, well, if you take Shinji Yokozaki out and Jamie Vardy out, obviously, the other four, we're talking Islam Slomani, Leo Joa, Ahmed Musa, and Kalechi Iheanacho, that's £80 million worth of striker at the moment, not getting a game. That was interesting, wasn't it? What his response was, he admits uh, it's difficult to manage. Yes, I think he, he admitted that, it's, that it's difficult to, to, I think, to keep them all happy was it, it mm. was his suggestion, and he says he's, he's trying to, to respect them. Mm. Um, but he also suggested that all the the, the the ones that aren't playing, the likes of Ianacho and, and Slimani and Ushua, are out and out strikers, and the only place they fit in Puel's system is in the position that Jamie Vardy. Um, They're number nines, operates. aren't they? They yeah. are. They are. Um, he, he specifically said that Ianacho couldn't play out wide, um, which I think. Feel like well maybe tried putting him out wide, not wide left in one of his games, just as a, a brief substitute appearance. Um, but yes, he's right. They they are all n- number nine. They are the central striker, and at the minute, uh, Jamie Vardy isn't going to be dropped. Mm. So um, it is difficult to to get them all to have enough game time, which is why we saw Ianacho and, and uh, Ujoa play for the under twenty ones. Uh, in the in the Czech Trade Trophy in midweek. Yeah, Nakame Musa wasn't uh, involved in that, but he has played in the under twenty threes this season. He's only made the the one appearance in the first team this season. I think we can safely say, as long as somebody comes in for him, that uh, he's going to be on his way. Yeah, I, I I personally don't see a future for him uh, at Leicester. I think he's obviously been through a few managers now, and it doesn't seem like either Ranieri, Shakespeare or Puel have been able to find a place for him or think his, his qualities are, are suited to the team um, and so I think yes if, if something somebody does come in for him I think I think we'll see him move on And what about Islam Slamani still uh, speculation about Watford being one of the clubs in for him I imagine there'll be a few inquiries about Slamani Definitely I think he's the sort of player that if you play to his strength play to his strengths he's a, he's a good buy um, he's you know, we know we've seen how good he is at finding space in the box and, and scoring with his head. And 
it's a pity that Leicester don't play that way um, for his sake but I think he he'll have some interest in him because I think if you do play to his strengths he uh, he's an excellent player um, and so I think they'll be uh, maybe interested like you say maybe from Watford maybe from Palace they're the two English teams that have been linked but also maybe uh, uh, further afield as well What about Leo Yejoa I mean do we put him in the Musa bracket he signed a new contract yet we've hardly seen him appear in a City shirt Yeah I think I, Leo's an odd one um, I, I think it was probably obviously we, there was the whole contracts uh, situation with him in January when he was refusing to play and all that and that seems to have died down fairly quickly um, I, th- because I think it's easier for Ujo to stay because he's well liked within the camp and we, we know that, that he's, a, he's a big part of the group and he's, he's liked by everyone I think he's played a big factor uh, been a, played a big role in helping Ibora settle yeah, yeah we know that, that we know that's been Ujo's role with a lot of um, Spanish speaking players that City have signed I know with um Obviously, he was here with Cambiasso, and they were good friends when Luis Hernandez came as well. Um, and so I think Ujoa is clearly a good person to have around the squad. Um, whether that that helps him keep his place uh, in the squad uh, remains to be seen. But I think he's probably more likely to stay than, than Musa and uh, Slimani. So at the moment, he's playing the role of a player liaison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Helping other players settle in. Very well-paid player liaison. <laughs> Officer, uh, now let's talk about um, Adrian Silva, um, another player that we haven't seen, but that's obviously no fault of his own, and Puel hasn't got an issue with that at the moment. He is available to play, and we expect him to make his city debut either at Fleetwood or Hereford. What a baptism that will be for him! Welcome to English football, the FA Cup third round. Um, now he's warned, Puel's warned that uh, it might not be, you know, you know, we might not see a lot of him straight away. Yes, so I think that that's a. A fair suggestion. Just uh, to say that if he does play in that FA Cup game, it will be televised. The BBC have just announced they've selected the game uh, for the Saturday uh, lunchtime kickoff. But um, yeah, whether we do see him or not, that remains to be seen. I think Powell suggested that because he's been because he's not played football for so long, he's not played competitive football for so long, to get him to that that high level quickly uh, is going to be quite difficult. And so I think it's going to be a Maybe a, re- well, a really slow introduction to the to the first team, and we'll see a ten minute appearance, maybe then a twenty minute appearance, then maybe you'll get a half, and that and, and it'll, it'll go like that because particularly with Ndidi and Abora playing so well, he can't throw he can't throw him in and say right, yeah, Adrian, you're playing ninety minutes, try and replicate the performances that Abora and Ndidi have been producing. So um, yeah, it's going to be tricky, and I think although we're, we've all been waiting for January for so long, it might not be till until February or March that we see the real Adrian Silva yeah it's going to take him a bit of time to get up to speed all he's doing at the moment is playing uh, five asides I should imagine on the training ground and he's probably been coming up uh, against a certain Claude Puel in those games he's revealed that he's been joining in the five asides and getting quite upset about the losing in these games as <laughs> yeah well. yeah that was the as soon as it was mentioned the first thing he, he, he um, Puel said was that he lost um, but he said he's enjoying it and obviously he was a he was a a quality footballer uh, during his playing days, and he was 500 games for Monaco. Yeah, yeah, and uh, won the French title twice. Um, so uh, certainly a, a, a decent little player, and um, yeah, it seems like he's quite enjoying joining in with the training sessions. Though he said he didn't know if the the players enjoyed him uh, joining in with them. I bet there weren't too many that sliding in on him, or <laughs> giving him a kick. So they won't be in the side on a Saturday. But he's 56 years old, and he's running around with them. He's kept yeah. himself in good shape, then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, no, I think I think that sort of thing will really help the players warm to Puel. I think um, 
you know, because we we've heard that one of the problems he might have is getting through to the squad because he is he's quite a, a quiet person. He's more of a, a tactician uh, kind of manager rather than a, an arm around the shoulder kind of manager. But I think joining in with the players and, and that kind of thing, I think that, that, that could help um, sort of build a bond there. Yeah, and he's uh, obviously would have come up against Jamie Vardy. In, uh, and, uh, now, I bet you Jamie kicked him. Uh, but Jamie is uh, kicking something else. He's uh, hoping to score his 50th Premier League goal at Newcastle, the ground in which he equaled Ruud van Nistelrooy's uh, Premier League record scoring in consecutive games two years ago. He's going to do it on Saturday at St. Joseph Park, isn't it? It's meant to be. I think so, yes. I, I think he's he's been excellent over the past few games. Um and I think he's still probably I think he's still the highest scorer um, in the Premier League outside of those top six, the, the big six teams. Um, he's been in, in, you know in fine form. I think Puel said it again today that he's realised just how good of a player, an all-round player, he is, and how uh, good he is technically and, and bringing people into the game um, and the intelligence of his runs and things like that, which I, th- I think. People often forget that um, outside of Leicester and how how much of an all-round player he is. Um, He's had to work hard on that, though. Because I remember yes. when he called me, he, his hold-up play was not particularly good and that was what cost him uh, a place in the side at the time. He had to be patient and that's when he started to doubt whether he was going to make it at that level. But he's worked incredibly hard on that. Yeah, and we, we have, we've seen him improve you know, all the way through um, his five years or so at City. Um, and I, I think even though he's... he's Getting to an age now where you would think he might be sort of winding down, I think because he's he was late to a, a proper football education, if you like, he's not going to have received the, the level of coaching at City that at, at, at sort of Halifax and Fleetwood and places like that that he has now received at City. So I think he, he's, he's still certainly got a, a few years left in him, and I think um, he'll be feeling in, in confident mood going to Newcastle, particularly playing against the. A defence that's um, been conceding a few goals, and, and obviously against a team that, that's not been doing particularly well of late. The thing about Vardy as well is he, he misses very few games, doesn't he? he can play back to back games, no problem. And he's thirty now, but apparently he lives in that cryo chamber down the training <laughs> ground to make sure he's ready for each game. And that's probably why it compounds the problem for um, Puel in terms of the other strikers, because if he's still fit and he's still fresh, then he keeps going with him. Yeah, and he's he, he's so integral to to the style of play that 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 Leicester. The Leicester have, and I think even though Puel's changing things slightly, we've seen a, a few more. Um, we've seen a few more uh, possession-based uh, halves, if you like. We've, we've seen uh, some passes through the middle, uh, cutting the the lines. But Vardy's still integral, and there's still him being there still gives us that option to play on the counter attack, to, to hit balls over the top. And uh, we, we saw it with Albrighton teeing him up for the, the goal against um, Spurs. And so it's 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 just so crucial that it's really not a surprise that the other strikers haven't had a look in. Well, let's talk about Newcastle. I mean, I've been to St James Park on many occasions, and I've been there when they've been flying, and the fifty thousand uh, Toon Army have been uh, making it a really intimidating sort of atmosphere for visiting sides. And, uh, and they are. I know it's a cliche talking about a twelfth man, but they don't half make a difference. But on the flip side of that, I remember going up a few years ago and Alan Pardew was the manager up there and obviously he was a hated figure. Mm. They'd been on a dreadful um, run of results and at half-time it was nil-nil. 
his players, and it was nothing in the game, it was in the balance, and his players were booed off the pitch, and there was one guy ran racing past the press bench to hurl obscenities at Alan Pardew, which I cannot possibly repeat in this podcast, <laughs> and I was like, wow, and when, when they turn, they don't half turn, don't they? and it can be to the benefit of the visiting size. Yeah, definitely, and I think we saw, well, we nearly saw it at West Ham a couple of weeks ago as well, there seemed to be, you know, because they had not had a result in in a while we saw the West Ham fans getting a little bit edgy mm. um, but to be honest I think with Newcastle at the minute I think Benitez is so well liked even though they are, they are on a bad run I don't think it'll ever be that situation like it was uh, under Pardew I don't think they'll ever be uh, a turn against no, Benitez no they love it Rafa don't they up there yeah. um, and, and, and rightly so he's, he's, he's done a really good job for them and I think obviously he's, he's uh, a widely respected um, manager as well um, and so I, I, I don't think They'll be. They won't be in the the highest of spirits given their recent run of form, but um, I think they'll uh, they'll still be getting behind behind Rafa and the team. Yeah, well, they, it's difficult times for them, though, isn't it? One point in the last six games, the harsh realities of uh, the return to the Premier League kicking in for them now after a very positive start. Yeah, I, I, I think they're probably they're, they're being sucked in back into that position where you would have expected them before uh, the season started. I think that perhaps that start has given them a. a a false hope, if you like, if they they could finish in the top half straight away. I, I always thought they would be in that that bit just outside the relegation zone. I don't think they'll be relegated. I think Benitez is probably too good of a manager um, to get sucked into that. But you know, there's, there's so many teams that are all about as good as each other mm-hmm. um, that if they if they get on, if they, this run keeps going and they, they don't get out of it, you know, it, the problems could worsen. But the other clubs that have come up with them, Brighton and Huddersfield, are both finding that as well at almost the exact same time of the season. They're, yeah. they're finding that suddenly it's tough to get a point. Yeah, I mean, Huddersfield had that really good record at the start of the season it took them ages to concede a goal they were they were winning games um, and Leicester found it tough there when they went um, when they went to the John Smith Stadium um, in, in September but all of a sudden they're finding that they, they can't score a goal Brighton have had a, a couple of um, dodgy games as well and so it, the, these things these things happen they'll um, they'll all be around the same position and they'll be hoping they just have enough to uh, to escape relegation. You confident a city can get something at St James's Park? Victory? Uh, yes, um, perhaps more so than um, recent away games. Uh, but I think they started very well at Stoke and at West Ham, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah I think good starts. To be honest, I think the, the theme of Powell's uh, tenure so far is that Leicester have played really well in the, the first half an hour um, and then dropped off in the second half, and they've been they've been hanging on against Burnley. That didn't happen. Leicester were pretty good throughout the game and actually probably improved as the game went Second on. Second half outstanding going yeah. forwards. Wasn't so it? I think and that, that was probably the biggest plus from that Burnley game. Hopefully we'll see that again at Newcastle. Hopefully that's, that's shown that they can keep those performances up and, and actually improve into the game. And I think if they produce any kind of dis- the kind of display that we saw against Burnley and against Spurs, I think Leicester will be, will be comfortable with this. They're going to be clocking up the miles, the Blue Army, aren't they, yeah. this week? Because... After that trip, trip up to the north, uh, the north of England for Newcastle, it's down to the south, Southampton on Wednesday. Oh, it, it takes it takes you out of the uh, fans' legs and their pockets, doesn't it, with all that travelling? Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, it's, I suppose it's unfortunate that the the two the two long games, the two uh, 
big travelling games that have come back to back, but um, at least then they're out of the way and, and I think Leicester have got then a, a run of three home games back to back to back, so yeah. um, that'll be nice for them. Well, our, our, the designated Daves will be earning <laughs> their uh, their money this uh, in, the, in this coming week. Uh, check back on the Murphy website and our Facebook page for all the stories coming out of this press conference. And don't forget to go to beer52.com, remember that tagline, Leicester, to register. Uh, we'll be uh, at St James's Park on Saturday and we're doing a live blog, so... Check out the the website to join us on the live blog. See you next time.